This is Dustin, and I want to thank you again if you're continuing to listen to Truth and Faith. We're continuing in the series that we started entitled, Why I Am a Christian, where I share with you evidence and proofs that I had to study during college when my faith was challenged to try and determine for myself, is Christianity true? Can it be proven to be true? In this segment, we're going to continue looking at the specific topic of does God exist? And if he exists, how can we know he exists? So in this segment, specifically, we will introduce the idea of, is there evidence for design? The Bible says in Genesis 1-1, God created the heavens and the earth. So there must be some evidence for creation. Join me as we begin to look at this. Thank you for listening and God bless. This evening, we'll actually look at some evidence for does God exist. Last week, we introduced the concept of how we can study such a topic of does God exist. Let me start back with this. There's really two big things I tried to share with you last week. The first one is that there cannot be multiple claims to truth that compete with one another. So that the reason I share that is because I told you when I went on this journey in college, uh, people would say, but everybody believes their own truth. Let them believe what they want to believe, and you believe what you want to believe. But once again, I stress, that doesn't make logical sense. Okay, So that's the first thing. There can't be different claims to truth that are equally valid. Uh, either Christianity is true or it is not. It is not one of many truths. Then we looked at indirect versus direct evidence. This is where the rubber meets the road on how we can tonight talk about how we see God. If you recall, direct evidence would be if we could directly with our eyes look at God. If you could somehow see a manifestation of God's form, that's direct. You would become an eyewitness. And we went through that. That's actually not great evidence. The irony is that, that I was told, well, I can't believe in God because I can't see him. And that's what we went through last week. Again, remember, we believe in a thousand things that we can't see, touch, taste, or smell. Indirect evidence is how tonight I'm going to share with you we see God. Indirect evidence is the evidence that it gets called circumstantial, but that's not a bad word. Indirect evidence, if you picture a crime scene, the direct evidence is the eyewitness to the crime. The indirect evidence is the detectives putting together the pieces, the weapon, the fingerprints, the DNA. That's indirect. They're building a case. They're making, painting a picture. The indirect evidence is what we want to look at because anybody can look at the indirect evidence. The detectives have the case log, and anyone can open that up, and here's what it says. It is what it is. So that's the direction we're going to go with this. My argument is God has left us plenty of indirect evidence to look at. It is not a problem that we cannot directly see God, and we actually said that should be expected. If what the Bible says is true about God, He is so holy and righteous and glorious, if you look at Him, it would obliterate us. That's why He sent Jesus. He had to be the uh, sort of concealed glory of God in flesh. So how can we see God then? I want to give you um, an acronym. Oh, I didn't change the number. I said five, it's four. I started with five, but I whittled it down to four. I want to give you an acronym called DOCS. It's four. So everything I'm going to say tonight, I want you to think about, here's how I could sort of talk to someone about how we prove God. Think of DOCS, D-O-C-S. Design, origins, conscience, and scripture. Now, we're not going to go into scripture until a little while from now. But 
what we're going to do is look at design and origins this evening, and then we'll look at um, conscience next week. Think of docs. I want to look at, does this world, the space, everything, does it appear to be designed, put there the way it is, or, or is it here by some other reason, random chance and circumstance? Then origins. When we talk about origins, what I mean is, how did anything begin in the first place? Like, why are we even here? And I know this gets weird, but have you ever just sat and pondered, why am I here? Why is anything here? Why does life even happen in the first place? We'll go into that. Design. Uh, does the world space matter appear to be intentionally put here? Does it appear to have a purposeful design, or is it here by chance? Uh, origins, why does anything exist in the first place? Conscience. We introduced that last time, but what I mean by conscience is the Bible says this in Romans 1, that God has put his law in the heart of every man. Now, what that means is that Paul said in Romans 1, I would interpret that this way. There's a reason we have conscience. It comes from somewhere, that, that inner pull of, I just instinctively know at times this is right and this is wrong. And we went through, no matter what country you're from or how you grew up, Murder is murder, right? Murder is wrong. It's wrong in America. It's wrong in Iran. It's wrong in China. It's wrong. Uh, molesting children, raping people. These are things that we find detestable that anyone anywhere on the earth would find, if they're in their right mind, detestable. But the question becomes, but why is that the case? The Bible says God put that there in our conscience. So you can use, we'll talk about that next week, but you can use that, I found, to really see God, but more on that later. Now, the Bible, we'll talk about that later on, but once we make a case that the Bible is true, it's not a made-up fabrication of stories, well, you have that in your wheelhouse now to share with someone that if the Scriptures are true and we have evidence that they are, well, it's replete with God. I mean, Genesis 1-1, right? That's where it begins. Well, let's start with design. So, docs, we're going to look at the D and the O, design and origins. Now, rem remember, as we go through this, what I'm doing, we're looking for indirect evidence. Does the world, us, the universe, the cosmos, does it appear to be designed? The Bible assumes that it is. So, it's interesting to me that the Bible never makes a case for God's existence. Have you noticed that? It just assumes that God exists. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. And then it doesn't launch into this essay about, well, let's articulate how we know God exists. It just says there was God and he created everything. So you can't go to the Bible and look for this long, drawn-out explanation. But what you do find in the scriptures is it does have verses like Genesis 1 and Psalm 19 that talk about God made everything. Well, then to me, if God made everything, if that's true, and I believe it is, we're going to see that. You're going to see that out there in the universe. Well, let's look at the science. This is barely a scratching the surface of everything you could dive into. I just honestly cherry-picked the stuff that I thought had a pretty big impact. But just know that if you were really interested in this, you could just keep going and exploring. So is there design in life? Does this world, was everything created? If the Bible is right and if God exists, then there should be readily available evidence to see that this universe appears designed and put here on purpose, not by random chance. So 
that's kind of how I want us to think about this. You either have to say to yourself, yes, we're here, life exists. Yes, it appears as if it exists in an order. But you have to answer the question, why do you think life exists that way? Do you think it's here because it just happened to appear that way? Or the other side is, do you think it's here because someone, we would say God, put it there, designed it that way? That's the two choices that I would find someone has to make. When I was studying this, I went through my journey, I told you guys, I found that everything appears to be from the mind of what I would call like a grand master designer, God. Uh, Even, again, if you think that evolution could be the explanation for why life exists, there's still a ton of questions I would have about that. For example, let's say someone believes in evolution as the explanation for why life exists. Now, I'm being overly simplistic. So if, if someone that believed in evolution heard me say what I'm about to say, I guarantee they would call me out and say, you're being way too simple about it. I admit that. But to give just a one sentence, evolution would teach us that it started with a single cell organism. You know, we're made up of trillions of cells, the human body. So they would say, well, there's just a single cell organism that given enough time and circumstances and gases and chemicals and environment, it morphed into a higher form over time. And it kept morphing, evolving, on and on. And you've probably seen some of the graphs. You know, the, the monkey, and it's a little bit up, upright, more upright, and then you have a, a man standing there. Well, that's evolution, that it started out something really simple, and it evolved in this complex thing. So, But again, I would have a lot of questions with that. What started that process in the first place? Where did the single cell come from that began evolution? How, how did the gases and chemicals get here that they claim caused evolution to start in the first place? Why is it that things evolve into a higher order and not a lesser order? You get what I'm saying? Like even evolutionary theory, I, I remember thinking, yeah, but that doesn't answer a lot for me. Because, again, you're left with the same questions that they argue we're left with of well, how did evolution begin in the first place? What you- I would say this before we move on, Okay. A lot of what I'm going to share with you, it can get in detail in the weeds, but I told the youth this. All you really have to do is sit back and think for a moment when you hear stuff like, well, we can't believe in God because of this, or I believe evolution explains life, and on and on we could go. If you just sit back and think, though, and use your brain, just ask some questions. Say, well, wait a minute. That, I don't know. Some of that doesn't make sense. What about this? What about this? So don't think that because you're a Christian that you're believing in things that are not scientific or that have no basis. They do. So don't let someone challenge you to the point where you start to think, I, I guess it's just my blind faith. That, that's not it. What I'm going to show you in the end, I think it takes more blind faith to not believe in God. That's the ironic uh, part to it. But I, I really do. I really do believe that. So now then, I want to share with you a, a gentleman here, Richard Dawkins. He is an evolutionary biologist, uh, he has his PhD. I believe he still teaches at Oxford, so he's a, a big you know, British scholar. He's uh, known for years now, he's publicly debated not just Christians, anyone who's religious. I don't know if he would say he hates religion, and he might, but, but he's not religious, he's atheistic, and he's a scholar who believes that evolution explains why we're here. And he sees that there's no reason to believe in God. But what I want to show you, we're going to quote him and look at some things he said, 
I want to talk about him and a guy named Dr. Stephen Hawking. I, I just want to look at those two guys because they're some of the most popular guys out there that have really just tried to put Christians to shame about you just have no reason to believe in a higher power, you have no reason to believe in your, your fairy tales. But what's going to be interesting is that I want to show you they even have to acknowledge some terminology about design in life. I just I think it's interesting. So this is a picture of Dawkins. He wrote a very popular book called The God Delusion. I'd actually challenge you to read it. It's it's a I mean if you want to kind of see the mind of an atheist, it's it's a good book for that. And don't agree with it obviously, but it's a good book to see the mind of an atheist. So he definitely has made his claim He'd come in here and say, you know, you're, you all are delusional. You, you just have no basis to believe what you believe. Okay, this guy here I love. His name is Dr. Frank Turek. He's what's called a Christian apologist. This is his full-time job. He, he just goes around the country doing this stuff. Well, he has a video on YouTube where, has anyone ever heard of Ben Stein? So Ben Stein is Jewish. He's not a Christian, but he's Jewish. But he would share our views of the Old Testament meaning Ben Stein believes along with us that God exists and he created everything. Ben Stein has a movie he produced years ago called Expelled. I would look up Expelled if you're interested in more of this. Ben Stein interviewed Dr. Richard Dawkins. And in this interview, he asks him some challenging questions about, well, what's your explanation for why the universe exists if you don't believe in God? I just want to play a few minutes of this. We're not going to look at it very long. But I want you all to see in this interview that even someone like Richard Dawkins, he's using words that would indicate he thinks this universe is somewhat designed. And I'll see what you think. Well, then who did create the heavens and the earth? Why do you use the word who? You see, you, you, you immediately beg the question by using the word who. Well, then how did it get created? Well, um... By a very slow process. Well, how did it start? Nobody knows how, how, how it started. We know the kind of event that it must have been. We know the sort of event that, that must have happened for the origin of life. And what was that? It was the origin of the first self-replicating molecule. Right. How did that happen? I told you, we don't know. So you have no idea how it started? No, no. no, no nor has anybody. Nor has anyone else. What do you think is the possibility that, there, that intelligent design might turn out to be uh, the answer to some issues in uh, genetics or in, well, in evolution. It could come about in the following way. It could be that uh, at some earlier time, somewhere in the universe, a civilization evolved by probably some kind of Darwinian means to a very, very high level of technology and designed a form of life that they seeded onto perhaps this, this planet. Um, now, th that is a possibility and an intriguing possibility. Mm -hmm. And I suppose it's possible that you might find evidence for that if you look at the, um, at the detail, details of biochemistry, molecular biology, you might find a signature of some sort of designer. Wait a second. Richard Dawkins thought intelligent design might be a legitimate pursuit? Um, and that designer could well be a higher intelligence from elsewhere in the universe. I want to stop it there. Um, so, in that short clip with Dr. Dawkins and Ben Stein, if you caught what happened there, he kept pressing him. You got Dawkins who says, well, evolution explains life. But then Ben Stein challenges, okay, but where did that first cell that could replicate life, where did it come from? Well, we don't know. You heard him. He had to admit, we don't know. 
But then he pressed further and he got Dawkins to admit that there there might be a higher intelligent form of species out there somewhere in the universe that millions of years ago, he even said designed life and he said seeded it. So he, he thinks planted it here on this planet and now we have life as we know it. Okay, so um, let me just stop there. Uh, I, I'm really not trying to make fun of him, okay? But but I'm just saying, um, when I hear this stuff, I'm thinking, how can they make fun of us? To believe that, I mean, to me, that takes a lot of faith. To just willfully say, I will not believe in God. I just won't do it. I think that's the problem. They just refuse to believe in God. The Bible says that ironically. But you heard him say, Evolution explains life. I don't know how it got started. It, it's possible a higher intelligent species planted it here. Well, okay, man. Like, why is it such a leap for you to acknowledge that maybe God, the way Bible defines him, created life as we know it? What, what's the difference in our view in that? Do you get what I'm saying? So don't let them challenge you and put you on your the back of your feet with that they've got the higher evidence that to me is ludicrous uh any questions on that before we move on i hope that that painted a good (laughs) illustration of it's not clear-cut to say well these people believe in evolution so that solves it i have tried to tell the youth this when we would talk about it just just use your brain when you hear something that's counter christian counter believing god just think for a second it probably has some illogical parts to it that you can undo, like Dawkins did. He cannot, he admitted he cannot answer how evolution started, where the cells came from that started it, and is left to put in my, I would call that faith. He has faith in alien species out there that started life. Is there evidence for design? There is a movement in science called intelligent design. They are not all Christian. I want to be fair about that. That doesn't equate them with Christianity. But it is a group of scientists that do acknowledge that when they look at the physics and they look at the scientific laws and the evidence out there, they have to acknowledge, yes, this stuff was put here by a higher intelligent order, an intelligent designer. We would call that God. I want to stress to you then as we go through this, it, it is not a leap of faith to say, well, I believe in God. I want you to have that clip ringing in your mind if someone says, well, you believe in blind faith, believe in God. So if you believe in evolution, you believe in aliens or or some forum that had to start it. So how are you making fun of me? It's that simple. So I absolutely think that there is design when you look at the evidence. Uh, Just a few to mention. If you think about DNA, have we all heard of DNA? Okay, Dr. Francis Collins, who I believe is a part of that intelligent design movement, he is uh, credited for um, spearheading what's called the Human Genome Project. They mapped DNA, human DNA. By mapping, you've seen the graphs with the coils. They call it the helixes. But what they did is they actually traced out and mapped the different parts of human DNA. And it was through that experience that someone like Dr. Francis Collins, who heads up a project like that, could say, this is here on purpose. It was designed to be this way. It is no way, he concluded there's just no way that it's formed over millions of years by chance and happenstance. There's no way it is too intentional human DNA. That's just looking at DNA. You think about a human cell. 
the eyeball. You could go on and on with parts of the human body that, they're, they're, again, when you look at the intricacies of it, it begs the question, do you really believe that this body, with all it can do, is here by random chances and circumstances over millions and millions of years? That's literally what they'll tell you is, of course it's possible given enough time and chance. Chance doesn't prove anything. Chance doesn't create anything. Chance is a concept. Chance is mathematical probability. But that's what science will try to tell you is, well, yes, if you give millions and millions of years, eventually you'll, think about the lottery, you know, picture playing the lottery a billion times. They would try to argue, well, eventually you're going to hit the lottery. If you keep spinning it, you'll just get to a point where you do hit it. Chance will happen. But that chance doesn't create the universe. So that cannot explain that life is here. You still have to think about, well, how did evolution even begin? I began to realize that it was too coincidental that it just so happened that the earth is perfect for life, human bodies are insanely complex, and are precise machines. Intentional design implies a designer. I was told this story, uh, and they said, picture your walk- a hunter's walking in the woods, and he stumbles across a watch, a wristwatch, and he picks it up. Is it logical that he concludes, wow, what an amazing concept that over millions of years, all the forces of the universe combined and used their materials to pull together this perfectly working watch. Is that the logical conclusion he would probably make having discovered a watch in the woods? What's he probably going to conclude? Someone did what? Lost their watch. Someone lost their watch. Because the watch indicates a watchmaker, right? It has purposeful design. It was it, all the pieces put together in a particular order to make the watch work. That indica- when you see that, you intuitively think someone made this. Someone made the watch. That is nowhere as complex as just the human body, for example. I mean, we could go on and on for weeks with lessons on that and stuff that I've not even explored. I know of how intricate our bodies are. Again, I ask this question, why should it be any different that we assume our bodies were made, designed? Why is it different than finding a watch in the woods? I don't see how it's different. I know they would argue it is, but I'm trying to just stress to you, think about this logically. It doesn't take a lot of uh, science to just see this doesn't make a lot of logical sense. If you notice in the interview with Richard Dawkins, I want to come back to him. I found a couple more quotes from him I want to share that I think are helpful. He's been quoted before as saying, biology is the study of complex things that appear to be designed for a purpose. Now the key word is he said appeared. He doesn't believe that they're designed. I want to make that clear. It's not, he doesn't believe they're designed, but even an atheist evolutionary biologist like him has to admit that when you look at everything, yes, it appears to be designed. Now, he would tell you, we know it's not, but it appears to be. Well, to me, that's a leap of faith. The evidence is indicating to you it has design to it, order and purpose. You just don't want to say that it does. A bigger quote of his, all appearances to the contrary, he he talked about the watchmaker, so that's what he means by the watchmaker. Um, The only watchmaker in nature is the blind forces of physics, albeit deployed in a very special way. 
A true watchmaker has foresight. He designs his cogs and springs and plans their interconnections with a future purpose in his mind's eye. Now he's talking about evolution when he says natural selection. So natural selection, the blind, unconscious, automatic process, which Darwin discovered and which we know is the explanation for the existence and apparently purposeful form of all life. Let me stop there. If you look at the, the bold, he's saying that evolutionary process to explain life, he actually says we know it is the explanation for the existence of life. But notice the wording again. The existence and apparently purposeful form of life. I know that's real wordy, but I just tried to draw your attention to some key phrases to let you see a guy like that, okay, is having to use terminology like it's, it's an automatic process that appears to be designed. It leads to order and not chaos. And we would call, we would call that God designed it, right? But he just he doesn't accept that. 